you're just given what you're presented aren't you in the industry and you decide whether to consume it or not and there's just so much control and influence there that it just shapes our society art does and you know very popular tv and media just has the ability to shape our future for sure Hello everyone and welcome to Chai with Rai. Hi, I'm your host Rai and each week I bring you a guest or a fruitful message from the creative industry all while sipping and spilling some hot chai and of course discussing all things life and culture surrounding the creative industry. Now if you haven't done so, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. If you love this podcast and are listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible or wherever you stream your podcasts from, if you could do me a kind favor and make sure to rate the podcast, comment on it and share it on your stories social media and spread the word it organically grows the show and connects us with listeners who haven't tuned in before and overall as i always say it just shares the love also if you haven't already you can now become a patron to chai with rye by signing up on patreon for five pounds or as i love saying it in this accent five dollars each month your subscription will help support the show but also get you exclusive things such as a 24-hour link to the unedited and unfiltered video version of the show before it goes live on all podcast streaming platforms shout out in the show of your comments and of yourself exclusive opt-ins to any of the guest projects such as if a writer i've had on the show are doing a workshop or a director who i've had on the show is looking for an assistant director i will be advertising on the patreon channel and lastly you will also get exclusive visuals and soundbounds to the show not published anywhere else but on patreon i will put the link for the patreon channel in the description of the episode so make sure to check that out but now let's warm up our cuppers and let's dive into my part one of two-parted chat with actor and writer subika anwar khan can i just say i feel like i haven't had a <laughs> person who's dressed up for chai with Rai in a very long time in terms of you're doing the whole shebang but i know oh, it's for Eid, yes. but i'm just thinking it's for me it's for you, babe. <laughs> is this, do you usually dress up on Eid or not really? I do, even though we're not doing anything. Yeah. It, dep- it depends on the day, but most of the time I will just dress up, even if it's just me at home and just doing my own thing. Yeah. I, no one else in my family will, but I will. Wait, so you have a lot of kurtas, you have a lot of things, or yeah. you mean by dress up like a dress or like cute little skirts and like things like that? No, like as in Asian wear. Yeah. As in South Asian clothes, yeah, like shavakamis. It's usually like a fairly casual shavakamis, but yeah. like this one's quite a casual one, I think. I think it's cute. But, it's like it's a cute. yeah, astelli yeah. green. Oh, it's actually like a lemon yellow. Oh, okay. It's I like can a see light, that. a very light yellow. Oh, could see it a little bit. Yeah. Do you remember that dress that was very controversial a couple of years ago? Oh, the blue and, and gold thing. The blue and gold one. Which which one were you? I could only see the blue. And then I had to really focus and I could see the gold, the white and gold after could a while. Never, could never, could never see the white and gold. You could out. never. Like, did you try? Yeah. Everybody, everybody that like predominantly that was around me at that time, which was like five people. Everybody was like... <laughs> It's white and gold, white and gold. And I was like, fuck off. Are you guys blind? No, most people around me were saying it's blue and black. And I was like, so I need to find this gold business, this white and gold business. I need to find that. That's so fascinating how people can switch into that. Because it's something to do with your jeans, wasn't it? How they designed it. Yeah, Yeah, it was a massive thing, wasn't it? The first test of AI. Very true. 
That's oh, very sh- true. All right, let's play a couple of five seconds. So this episode, um, for those of you listening and watching, is going to be a bit different because Sabika has decided she doesn't want a in artist interview where I research into her life rather we both decided actually upon chatting that it'll be nice just to have a conversation about certain things and we can choose a topic and we'll talk about that so we're going to talk about success because I in my life am very fascinated with finding success and what that Mm. means to you so we're kind of like decompass that and I feel like as we're talking about that we'll talk about our careers and we'll talk about certain things anyway absolutely and first of all can I just say very very happy to be on this very prestigious and established chai with rye (laughs) prestigious and established subscribe guys if you haven't already because it is the s-h-i-t I don't know if you can swear you can I just swore like five times already did you yeah I'm just so immune to swearing obviously but it's the shit and I'm on it. So now like, I'm the shit. You are the shit. You've always been the shit. What I love is I very rarely get people telling me to my face that they've listened to the story. And I like I was so like it made me melt on our lot. Was it last week we were having a conversation? Yeah, we were chatting last week. When yeah. I, it was effing hot, I was wearing shorts and half sleeves. And today I'm wearing socks and jeans and like a whole shablan. And that's the UK. And you said something very kind to me which was like you were listening to it and what I loved this is how British you are you were shopping in Primark shopping in Primark had my chai with rye on and I was like yes as I was looking at like fabulous clothes what did you you know fabulous I love a Primani moment I do as well yeah I did you do you ever call it Primani I started calling it Primani yeah when I was younger I did but then I thought you know let's just own it for what it is it's Primark and you know I'm not going to try and kind of sugarcoat it and just got to be proud but yeah I did for a bit I did for a bit I was never a Mm. Primark fan only because I did my work experience at Peacock uh is it Peacocks or Peacock I feel like it's Peacocks I okay so I did my work experience at Peacocks and I worked there and we were always competing with Primark because there will always be the price point. And remember, like, I'd say like 10 or so years ago, Primark's quality of clothing was not that great. I feel like now the quality of clothing is actually really good. I feel like it is. Yeah. 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 So I feel like it's Peacock's and Primark. By yeah. The way. Yeah. Just wanted to get that clear so that everyone knows. Right. Yeah. Don't diss. But yeah, I think the quality of clothing there has just gone up and it just made the experience even better when I was listening to your podcast. And, you know, it was with someone who was like, just go out there and do conventional things and be yeah. don't feel like you have to do all of this, you know, pretentious stuff because you're an artist or, you know, you're not where you need to be. And it's difficult to kind of like, keep yourself going with that thought constantly so yeah that definitely helps and I think being in like such a busy space like Primark which I often am it just helps with the process especially like when I'm in London yeah I can feel so like down and out on myself because everyone's so busy and then like you know busy equals important doesn't it like for so many people that's how we define that term so then it's like oh everyone's busy that means everyone's important I'm not so I need to mm. need to feel you know like I, I I matter so yeah your podcast definitely helped me feel Thank that you. I I 
I think podcasting is a great space. Like I love listening to people and you learn so many things about like the mental mindset. Like there's Mm. some great, great podcasts out there that really challenge your way of thinking. And a lot of it sometimes is recycled, like sort of mindset of being like the secret or like this is the five step to like clear your mindset, achieve your goals, success and things like that. But if you cater it to you, I think it's really interesting. The one thing I was going to say about Primark and I really want to end it on that. If you're in central London and going to a Primark either in Oxford Street, like Bond Street, or you're going to Tonical Road, the Arabs, this is a generalization, but I'm just going to say it, like the amount of Americans and Arabs that you find in those two places and like heaps and heaps of bags and suitcases. Yeah, they are on a mission, aren't they? On a mission. And I love the ones that are in Tottenham Court Road and Oxford Street because they cater to Arab women because yes. you know they've got longer dresses, full sleeves, and it just means that I'm like, oh, like whereas the one in Northampton, it's just like a lot of faux kind of wear. Do you like, wear faux wear? Sh- and I wear it. I'm like, okay, I guess I'll just dress like a hoe in Northampton. Get my slap out. Have you ever watched uh, the Desi's Child video, which is nasty, put some clothes on, I told you. Oh, yeah. Every I time somebody talks that. about a hoe, it's just like, I think of that, shaking the thing, doing a thing. Now, that's genius. I'm going to take that. I need to think of that. You when I feel like women in UK never went through what I saw in those music videos. I felt like guys did, like with their jeans hanging down and like slacking. But like mm. I never saw a girl's thong like all the way up there and the skirt down there or like oh you shorts. Funny, did not then go to Northampton. You didn't come to Northampton. <laughs> you didn't go out on a night out. No. In Northampton then, because that was all the rage. I mean, I didn't do it myself, but some of the outfits I've worn in the past have been quite questionable. But I did, I definitely see the thong appearing and like the tiny little shorts and the little bikini, or like a clear top with like just like tiny little like things on. Oh, yeah, it was like a whole crazy vibe. Never. And like yeah. even in uni days, I feel like for fresher season or like I went to like a performing arts department of the college. Okay. But even within that, like nobody, even within our college, I never saw, I can't remember. Like it wasn't that crazy. Oh Yeah, I feel like London has got a crazy fashion aesthetic for sure. Like you can be a lot more experimental, but I think more experimental with colours. If someone is wearing something a little bit uh, tight fitted or, you know, showing a lot of skin. Yeah. I think it's a bit more acceptable in London than it is in certain places than it is anywhere else. Yeah. But yeah. You don't also see it that often. But when it's the summertime here in Northampton, I feel like that's an excuse for everyone to just walk around. Like there's guys with no tops on here. Yeah, but, like, that's, ge- but generic. That, that's Yeah, that's pretty yeah. generic. Yeah, but but women are pretty, like, they're bearing their skin. Do you know what my thing has been? This entire... This entire... That is fun. But do you know what my thing has been throughout this entire summer heat that we've been getting? What? B.O. <laughs> on the tube. On the tube. On anyway. The like, I think people should carry. Like, that is one of my things, smells. And that is coming, like, oh. we have been in rehearsal rooms or, like, dance space and things like that. And I am fine with people smelling. But, like, I feel like in general public area, you should just have deodorant. Common decency, sure. Common decency. And people, and it's usually, I'm going to stereotype again, Asian men. 
Oh man, it's because and... they're consuming that their mum's curry. Like, <laughs> Go for it, make another generalist. Yeah, and they're like, well, I'm getting my food cooked. I mean, hey, I can't complain because I do exactly the same thing. But take care of what you eat, guys. Just have a little D.O. in your bag. Just have a bit of a deodorant moment. A little one. Just the the side. Yeah, yeah. Put baby powder on if, if, like, that's another thing. Since I was eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mum used to, like, douse me in baby powder when I was, when I was, coming out the bath and stuff I remember good old days but you're okay with BO in the rehearsal room yeah because I like I feel like that's uh that's a space where you know you're gonna get that right it's expected. And I, yeah it's expected and I come from like having mm-hmm. done like dance rehearsals like eight hours a day ten yeah, hours yeah. a day and like doing that's contact true. work so I feel like it's expected like yes in between people will go spritz themselves up and yeah like, that's it. what I've experienced like people carry things yeah in the rehearsal rooms actors and dancers yeah. will yeah I've experienced that but so, yeah but and, and, and you expect the room to get really hot and yeah a bit smelly no that's true i just think bo guys just get it together just it's yeah. just a little bit go to boots get just just you know pretend to be shopping for i don't know what 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 jupe you jump deal jupe you jump you build it i was just going for the free samples i was going for like oh, i was going for crazy. i was going for a jupe jump tester you just go and like spray it on yourself oh uh, yeah i see what you mean don't just go for the whole thing like just go and pretend and then come back out i've done that on for can dates I, can i just try this um how does this smell yeah have what you never smell? done that i would do that yeah, for dates all yeah. the time like back yeah, in the day although i've stopped wearing perfume because um i know that's like a bit sacrilege no sacrilegious <laughs> <laughs> especially in the summer but i've got a 99.5 percent perfume now because perfume's actually really bad for you for, um, for your hormones so if you put it on your skin because your skin's the biggest organ in your body a little bit of a science lesson guys and it's it absorbs anything you put on it so if it's got perfume in it it's like a very harsh chemical for your body so it will damage your hormones and uh yeah have there will be serious consequences wow dr subika Dr. Subika, is is that going to be a new play that you're going to be doing? Funnily enough, right, (laughs) I am in a rehearsal reading with a fantastic company called Mrs. C's Collective. It's at a theatre called The Space, which is in... in, Yes, 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 near Canary Wharf. Yeah, in August. So I'm going to be performing there in August 2023. And one of the pieces, I'm in two pieces, one called, one's called Rubaru and one's called Routine. One of the pieces is about, is set within a GP surgery and it's lots of different characters and anecdotes of certain scenarios that they find themselves in. And one of the characters is trying to get pregnant with her husband and there's all these kind of like things about like hormones and you know the female reproductive organ and also the male reproductive organ and you know all of the different things that can kind of occur and I'm just so grateful that you know someone's kind of like bringing that out into the I'm sure it's probably been out there yeah Um, but yeah yeah you know as you get older you want to like take care of your body a little bit more and I just wanted to be a bit more natural and I think you can (laughs) 
feel natural um, you know especially like being South Asian and like loving fashion and makeup and all of that yeah I think you can like over like you can just get so caught up in all of that that actually sometimes it is it is healthy to be a bit more natural and you know people don't tell us about these things sanitary wear as well is perfumed and that's like on your very intimate area so that's being absorbed there so that can be really harmful for our hormones too so use organic it's a bit more costly organic cotton non-perfumed non-scented do it guys face creams as well and things like that face creams everything i mean where you can you know within reason obviously like if you can't do like a whole switcheroo then you can't it's it's impossible especially for, for me as well but it's so much more expensive as well so just go to your local lush or um where's the body shop yeah yeah you can go to like your local like health stores and stuff yeah. there's like is it planet organic and the natural yeah, yeah, yeah but those are those are spenny they're, those they're are... very spenny but i found some really good natural hair dye it was either in planet organic or one of the other ones can't remember the other name of there's another one some natural hair dye and it just doesn't irritate my hair as yeah. much as like you know l'oreal and all of those ones and it's fantastic it feels so good this has become an advert for but well, don't spend your money on l'oreal next thing you know Sabika becomes the face of l'oreal and she's the and bye you know because you're worth it because they're worth it i think that's such a fucking good slogan like i grew up on that i like to say that you're worth it and i was like that's so effing genius that is can we just talk about growing up i don't know about your household like in our household fake beauty was such a thing like in terms of dyeing your hair blonde when you get married all the khalas and the aunties and things like that want to be like pasty white contact lenses and like smelling like charlie the perfume or like like the amount of gold that you wear and shit like that like I like there was no conversation I feel like now we're getting into conversations about like minimalism like natural like even Mm -hmm. in food and shit like that like not putting as much as like ghee and realizing that actually we're gluten intolerant a lot of Mm. South Asian or like talking about arthritis vitamin d deficiencies and shit like that but it's so true it's so true that's exact like my mum is one of 10 so i grew up around seven aunties who obviously when you've got that many sisters you're going to be naturally in competition with each other and within <laughs> on top of that south asian culture is just compare 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 isn't it like my son's doing better at this my daughter is prettier wear this to show this off and you know like so the biggest bling which is what I've got on today but yours is modest like I feel like if you were silver or like coppery things they were okay it was the gold Mm. Uh, like the gold and the bejewels yeah yeah it was like be blingy like go out there this is giving Kashmiri Peshawari sort of Bengali vibes what is these earrings these earrings and that ensemble Mm, thanks babe love it but yeah it was a massive thing growing up and then obviously like you know we've mentioned Destiny's Child that had a massive influence they're like she's blonde Beyonce was blonde and I wasn't though I didn't I had blonde highlights when I was like 16 17 yeah same Um, did you (laughs) yeah spiky hair like a little blonde tip yeah 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 so I had blonde highlights and 
yeah would do the whole the everything really but i'd never wore foundation or mascara oh. um, i used to do the eyeliner just on its own and like sometimes i'd put lipstick on but i'd like do blush but it was always like an eyeshadow or like an eyeliner but yeah. never i wouldn't and like blush and things like that but i wouldn't i didn't start wearing foundation until like a lot later I feel like it was the entertainment industry that introduced me to that. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't until I started doing like shows or like shoots and things like that. That's when it became a thing. Oh, right. Okay. And I found it so weird, like showing up to shoots, especially like starting off in fashion and things like that, showing up to shoots and some guys would have their own makeup as well. And I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, I, need yeah. to, I was like, I need to get my own shit now. And now it's so normal. Like the most hetero of the hetero men will have their shit. If anything, they'll have more shit now. Yeah, you it's have, so true. You have makeup for men now or like, you know, like I think it's such a long time, but yeah. Yeah, where has that been? Why? It's always, I've always questioned that. Like, why don't more guys wear makeup, actually? Like, and, you know, like, they just, but they actually do. They're just hiding they it, aren't they? And they do to auditions. They do to auditions. Have do. you seen it now? Have you seen it in person? Like, and guys now as well. Like, don't, don't put this in. Either. It's a whole routine now. It's like, it's they're doing the most of the, the whole. The gua sha, the face massage, the gua sha, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. They want to look their their best. Yeah. yeah. Like hair, they're doing their hair. and. Wait, I have a question then. In a straight relationship, if a guy does that, does that make you question? I mean, when I was first introduced to it, I was a little bit taken aback because I'd not seen that. Yeah. But growing up with a brother, he's not, <clears throat> my brother's not very cosmetic heavy. Like he's not. I so love that cosmetic heavy. Heavy <laughs> as much as I am. And my mum is. Yeah. And my dad wasn't as far as I knew, but he would, you know, my dad would always like just be like, oh, to my mum, like, have you got this? And he would just borrow something. And same with my brother. But I'm sure he's got his own cosmetics. But as I've gotten older, it's opened <laughs> me up to you know like the more guys I've got to know it did make me feel a little bit like jarred at first and then I was like oh what is that what is that feeling and I've always been like curious about like my feelings like especially when it's like a bias or like it's a stereotype that's kind of coming out and I've always kind of like tried to question it and go into it and yeah and as the more you kind of are aware of those feelings the more those things go away because you're just like oh that's that's not actually real like it's just a social construct that men are supposed to be xyz and and actually like I like a guy who can take care of himself I think if he's kind of going a bit too over the top you know like things like steroids and is like constantly looking in the mirror and is getting angry with like his hair position and stuff that's when I don't like it but if they're like you know moisturizing in the morning and then they're like putting something under their eye and they've got a routine and then they're just doing their evening routine without like getting frustrated (laughs) at how they look or or and they're not going oh my god I need some more Botox here and there then I'd start to be a little bit like oh I'm not sure about that but if they're just doing their routine and like doing their thing, then I think that's great. For the sake of it. Yeah. What I'm more what I more love is like if a guy goes to the gym or if he's like if he likes to take care of his his body. <laughs> you take care of that body, baby. I think I just came from the gym. I just had a protein shake. Hello then. <laughs> <laughs> No, but seriously, only because like I'm, I love going to the gym and yeah. I'm like a bit of a health freak. So I just like feeling good on the inside and that's what's going to make you look good on the outside, you know? 
I think there's a certain thing about, I don't know if you have gotten to this, it might be an inward, outward things happening, but I feel like my relationship this year with fitness has been for two things one I feel like doing something physical especially Mm. first thing in the morning or like doing like a reflection in the morning really gets like my day set but also in terms of like so heavily and I feel like it's so weird because we work in this industry and even though we're having progressive conversations and conversations about like mindset and inclusion and all those things I no longer have a goal about what I want my body physically to look like I as long as I'm doing something active I'm eating healthy and yeah I'll have pizzas and like crisps and donuts and shit like that but as long as I'm keeping the momentum going I feel like I feel good in my head space and I feel good mentally for me it's about doing those things as opposed to reaching goals continuously which is hard to do because I find that that is so pushed in your face all the time and I don't know if it will ever stop I feel yeah I think we had this conversation before as well that whole achieving wanting to achieve the six-pack and you know or having an incredibly looking body is does means that you need to be in the gym quite a lot and you need to sacrifice something we'll need to give in your life you know like the crisps and you know the dinners and going to your family's house and you know you have to prioritize that but I think you can change your lifestyle to suit something that's pretty healthy and yeah. make you feel good and as long as you're doing like a general kind of level of fitness like in the week and you know if you go for a, a week or a few weeks without working out who cares you know it, you need to listen to your body at the end of the day as long as you know most of the time you are trying to find ways to look after yourself and eating healthily I think 80% of looking and feeling good is or something like that is your nutrition for sure mm. like making sure that you're getting all the nutrients that you need in I think if you're doing that then yeah that will definitely contribute you feeling better mentally and physically so that you you know you're able to do all of the jobs that you want to do and and I sometimes see like okay I'm going to rehearsals um I'm going to be up on my feet like all day that's my workout you know that is going to be I'm going to be like going up and down I'm going to be expelling a lot of energy so that's going to be part of my workout I think looking good and having that goal to be like oh okay I need to achieve like a really flat stomach and I want my hips to be shrunk then you know then you're going to have to sacrifice a lot and you know not indulge as much and be really strict which you know this industry is massively about it's massively about how you look for sure but you know you're also human at the end of the day and I would be lying if I sat here and was like I don't I don't think about those things at all and I'm just all for feeling good and and my body you know being healthy I'd be lying if I sit, sat was saying that and sat here saying that yeah. it's definitely aesthetic for me as well as feeling good like the the endorphin rush is like is massive for me and yeah. as, as well as wanting to look good you know in my clothes that's definitely a big part of it too I, I always think about this which is like I think Asian people genetically we have something within our genetics that we're not built in our bodies like muscular like mm. our fat deposits are very different so I think genetics are a massive thing but I think my second thing which I realized in the last couple of years it comes from an insecurity of not being wanted or not Mm -hmm. physicalized because I was like how fucking hot would it be to like walk by and people check you out like I want that sometimes like I want somebody to be like that is a fucking hot looking 
like person like I really want to be like catcalled or shit like that or like you know girls don't have any game we don't most women don't have game of like oh hey like they wouldn't know what to say so you might get it might I'm talking about it from any anyone so you don't get guys like being like hey because I also think like back in the day like Grindr and Tinder and all these apps like so many of these are built on like body-based things like half of them is just usually torsos or ass and shit like that and or even like the queer culture or a lot of it is built on like even if you think about like entertainment like sex sells at the end of the day yeah like like Margot Robbie didn't get Barbie because I'm not saying it but like it's not because she's a fucking phenomenal actress no she she is a good actress but she also got it because she's blonde she's white and she fits blue-eyed yeah blue-eyed and whereas if Amy Schumer who was offered that role who represents so many more things than just being a good actor in terms of like physical appearance if she was in the film barbie i wonder what that film would look like or what that storyline would do for people today and yeah as or like if the marvel heroes and shit like that if they weren't so fit if they weren't so toned and like if chris hemsworth was like a fat slob who was like i don't know not a fat slob I think maybe that's rude to say but like well, they'd make a thing out of it wouldn't they they'd be like okay if the person was a little bit maybe they would like if it was a Marvel film I'll get back to the Barbie yeah conversation in a second but yeah with Marvel if it was like someone who was slightly overweight they'd probably like make a thing of it like the character is like watching TV and they did with, they, yeah. yeah right okay I haven't seen it what, they did just, in one of the films okay, but again very predictable must, then. yeah I didn't realize but yeah so they that's what I mean like and I think what might be okay is to have a representation of normal bodies which might be you've got a tummy and you've got hips and you've got small boobs and so it's not like padding up a woman's bra or making her wear like a tight fit outfit and if you do if she needs to go and save the world and do all of that I feel feel like Kamala Khan had quite a a natural body she was a teenager wasn't she her character and she was wearing shavakamis and she would like jump up around and save the world and her body wasn't commented on as much and she had quite a kind of a normal she wasn't like very tiny or anything yeah and I think kudos for that and she should stay like that because that represents what she is and what the culture is but I also think that was in a cultural context Mm. like if you look like if you look at her versus like the Eternals what Kunal did like he wanted to be he wanted to showcase that but if Kunal was what he looked like I don't know I haven't seen that one the Eternals I think I might have actually which one is that the one where with Angelina Jolie Salma Hayek and they're like (laughs) no I haven't seen that I think I've seen the first Eternals that's the only Eternal that I'm talking about. Oh, I think maybe yeah, you might be confusing Sam, Sam Hayek. Yeah, I have. Is she the one that, is she the lady, like, she comes back and she's like, oh, I'm doing good for you. Psych, I'm not really doing good for you, bitches, like. I know. Yeah. yeah. I also think Sam Hayek. Yeah. yeah. 
Can we just talk about Salma Hayek is going oh through a fucking phase right now. Like, yes, she is. She with is Black someone. Mirror, with like that. And I watched this film that she did with Ryan, was it Ryan Reynolds, where she's something about the hitman's bodyguard, where she is. Oh, heavily, yeah. She is so funny, so genius in it. I was like, man, she's going through moments right now. Yeah, I saw I saw an interview with her, or I heard an interview with her. I think it might have been like Red Table Talk with um, Jade Pinkett-Smith. Oh, yeah. And she was like phenomenal. She was so funny, but she was also, let your boobs breathe, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> like, get Easy your for her to say. Like yeah, but she was like, you know, I was sexualized my entire life and... Yeah. You know, and I need to I need to show them off, like, because otherwise that's what's gonna create the body of that that's gonna allow my body body to be the way that it needs to be. But yeah, that that interview was like great. I it just shocked me, but I haven't seen any of the stuff that she's in. I need to watch all of this. Stuff. I think the more you watch her, the more you realize that she really has lots of little things to offer. Like for me, she's the she's now becoming the her and J Lo. I feel like are going through these these facets of showing off this spectrum mm-hmm. as as actors as creatives. Because like I think they have something so much more to offer than sexual sexualized icons or like these fashion icons that they're made out to be. Like they actually are producers, directors, showrunners, filmmakers, yeah. writers, and like they can do a lot of like physical comedy shit, but also like really gritty dramas that like yeah. really push that narrative. So yeah. But you I do to- also feel like, you know, they're older women, which is fantastic, but I think they will get those opportunities because they've already established themselves. Not saying that they haven't worked hard to get where they are. Of course they have. And you know they're they're from the Latinx community, but at the same time they're able to do all of these things now because of the privilege of being famous, and they're going to pull in the numbers. Whereas a lot of the opportunities for older women that age who might also look like them won't yeah. get the same opportunities to do those things and to experiment because they're not going to bring in the numbers, and then they're not going to be given those opportunities. I think the older you get as a woman, the harder it is to to get work. I think that's the industry that we're in. Sometimes it is a popularity <laughs> contest or it takes yeah. you somebody who's at the table with a really like, I don't know, a, a big name to be able to pull you and like thrust you into the spotlight and be like, yeah. oh, which this- I think is a shame because, you know, like there's things like on the BBC, for example, and there's some really great dramas, in my opinion, and new writing like from people like Abby Morgan. I think she wrote that divorce one or separation or something like that. I can't remember what it was. And, you know, there's a lot of women in their 40s and um, great, great show, really um, complex characters, but they're all played by very well-known women who are, you know, being cast again and again in all of these fantastic roles. So they're not pulling in new women of that age. So once you hit, hit a certain age, if you haven't made it in your like teens and twenties, then it's then it's really difficult. But then also there is that James Bond, the new James Bond, but that and she's like the new James Bond. I can't remember what it was. That film called Ice Something, or maybe not. I can't remember. But maybe she wasn't in her forties. But you know, she was uh, unconventionally yeah. a Bond woman, the black lady who became Bond. But she could she could have been in her twenties though, to be honest. And also she and she wasn't well known. And also that's 
that's ticking some other box as well. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know, but but I love that you know Salma Hayek and Jennifer Lopez and other actors like that are kind of going through all of that. But I just think you're not going to get as many new opportunities. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's just the cynic in me. But that's no. just my observation. And I'm definitely still in the industry. And I'm going to be for the rest of my life uh, with the hope that, you know, I'm still going to get out there and do the things that I want to do, which I think brings us on nicely to the being, but Being a sex icon? Being a successful icon. Yeah. I said a sex icon. But oh, a sex icon. <laughs> I thought you said successful icon. But that could be... Successful yeah. sex icon. Successful SSI. Success. Oh, title of episode, successful sex icon with Sabine. No, no, yes. do not that, yes. that with me. Please. Everyone's going to start Pornhubbing me. Nobody's going to Pornhub you. Let's see if that gets you clout. They're going to do that whole, what's it called, AI thing where you can deep fake porn. So I'll start putting <laughs> my face I don't I don't think that's gonna happen everyone will be like are you in this porno speaker and you can be like yeah that's why I have this massive house hello (laughs) hello hello I'm I'm looking like this hello that's why you'll be that's why you're walking the red carpet for many film oh god successful (laughs) sex oh I'm so naming this episode successful sex icon no you're not yes I am sue me Call equity and sue me. If there's another episode, if there's another title that comes in, I'll do that. But right now it's pending. <laughs> right now it's successful. Right now it's How successful. How to be a successful sex icon with Sabika. Is that what you want it to be called? No, I don't. But I'm just trying to add the, to the, just trying to humor you. It's, it's, I don't uh, want that. It just has to be a title. It's a throwaway title it's to get people. It's one of the, in. what is it? What's that one where it's assimilation? Oh, there you go. Yeah. All the assimilation. Wait, you also had something to say about Margot Robbie, which I feel like I don't want you to I get. I did. Off. So do you want yes, to say it? So, and then we'll move on okay. to. Yeah. Okay. Children come in. Children come in. Crab claws coming out. So I think the Barbie film is about the social constructs of beauty, which anyone playing with Barbie growing up would have definitely felt that they needed to have met that beauty standard. Tall, unrealistic body type, long blonde hair, white. And if you didn't meet that, you know, you'd make all the efforts to try and meet that. So I think a leggy, blonde, beautiful, very talented actress who's also going to pull in a name, who's going to pull in the audiences and is a big name, needs to play that character because it's trying to say something about that beauty standard so it's written by Greta Gerwig or it's directed by her and it's written by her as well I think it's directed by her I don't know if she's directed okay but it's trying to make a statement about Barbie and the unrealistic beauty standards so it needed to have that stereotypical aesthetic socially constructed idea iconic idea of what beauty is in order to kind of break it down and smash it and pull it apart Maybe. I feel like I'm just not at that phase right now. Right right now, the questions in my head have been, do we need a film like that? That mm, Do we, that, like, do we like, I'm really into the relevancy of a film. And I feel like there's a lot of things recently coming out that I'm just like, do we need another resurgence of straight brown boys? like hood like and like you know what I mean like I was like where are the the nuances of like ableism BSL people who are like also brown or like queer brown boys but not that are like like in a stereotypical brown and I was like there's so many things to be explored and similar to like 
the story of Barbie. I just think what is, do we need the relevancy of these stories or can we make nuanced and amazing new things, commission new writers and like do things that are going to be, that are going to be feeding the the new generation or the old generation or people just in a very smart way. And I feel like there's a lot out there that's, I just, I don't know. I haven't seen the film, but I was just like, from what I saw and the trailer, I was just like, now I'm good. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, the only thing that I was thinking is that it's for a lot of girls who did play with Barbies and Cindy's, Cindy dolls. So that that generation who had that, I think, uh, for me, I think it it will be interesting for me to watch just because I was so consumed. Like I was playing with Barbie dolls up until the age of 13, like really unhealthy fucking (laughs) like child. Really unhealthy. Really unhealthy, you know. So up until the age I was a fucking teenager, I'm like, what, what the hell? So for me, it will, it's quite nostalgic. So it will be interesting for me to see that because like that, actually has something to do significantly with my childhood and it actually shaped who I am today but I totally know what you mean if it wasn't there would I have missed it no not at all I wouldn't have I wouldn't have thought had a had a second thought about it I did go and watch The Little Mermaid though the other day and that gave me all the feels and took me back and really really allowed me to escape for the first time in watching a film because my childhood was so heavily focused around being a mermaid and the little mermaid and and you swim and i'm not yeah i can just about swim okay that wasn't the point (laughs) (laughs) ironic i can't swim go go with your point go with your point bring it home kids and my point is that it made me feel things that were probably a bit unhealthy too but just like I was like oh this is where all my unhealthy unrealistic expectations of men comes from like the man who's gonna save me or be a part of the mission and this is how I'm gonna find someone and someone who just wants to get to know me and and oh yeah it was like I was like oh my god like I'm totally escaped and I'm totally in this world and it's taken me back to when I was like six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, you know, watched The Little Mermaid with obsession. I used to love like Clueless as well, knew all the words oh. to the Clueless. It just took me back to that time. So I think I don't know if Barbie would, because obviously there was no film about Barbie. I'm sure there was. I used to watch like My Little Pony and stuff. I listened to a podcast recently and I was like if you think of the Disney channel or like think of these Nickelodeon TV shows they used to advertise their own things onto things so like you would watch My Mm -hmm. Little Pony and there would be an advert about buying My Little Pony yeah 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 you think about what those brands were to be able to advertise your own products like you didn't need other things coming in that's pretty that's a blanking do you know what that's I mean a good business strategy isn't it that's a good business because you're just buying into the shit yeah more and more and then the kids are going to be like mom I want this I want that yeah. and go and yeah I had an aerial doll who every time I went into the bath she had like a tail like a are you a talking about the little bath bomb? No, a little mermaid doll. I had the little mermaid doll. I had Ariel yeah. with her hair and her her fin came off and she had legs. 
and then you could put it back on and yeah like it was a little cloth thing oh. that you could put and it was like a little waterproof thing that you could put on and off anyway what was what were we talking about we were talking about so many things what the fuck remember, did you just say? I remember having baths with like the they came in like little figurines, like yeah, toys. Yeah. And I was I was thinking about that. Oh, I'll just say this quickly. I'll just say my point, and then if it inspires you, inspires you. But if it doesn't, try and think oh about God. it. I think okay. the one thing that the industry is going through is a business strategy that they're pulling on things that have legacies attached to it. And they're reattaching certain things to it. So the good thing, the good, the only good thing that I can tell right now, because the film hasn't come out, let's just pick on Barbie again, is that there are resurgences of other Barbies. So like you have a black Barbie, like Issa Rae's in there. There's an Asian Barbie. There's a America Ferreira in there. So like there's different variations of people in there to be able to represent. Similar to Little Mermaid, like with Chloe, like Holly, why did I say Chloe? Because that's a sister. With <laughs> like, there's there's like reintroductions and redefining the space yeah. of what they're meant to be because those roles were dominated by white people or other people yeah. or like cis identifying. And yeah. I think there's there's a great business strategy in it. But I also think because they're like, should we cancel these things or should we redefine them? Mm. So I think that's the only positive thing. But I just think that there's the relevancy of it. Like, would I have missed it? Just like you said, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. This is it because if the Little Mermaid didn't come out, and you know the way that they were thinking about the casting and all of that, would I have missed it? Probably not. You know, you move forward in your life and you carry on. You, you're just given what you're presented, aren't you, in the industry? Yeah. And yeah. you decide whether to consume it or not. And there's just so much control and influence there that it just shapes our society art does and you know very popular tv and media just has the ability to shape our future for sure well everyone that brings us to the end of the episode i hope you enjoyed part one of my two-parted episode with actor and writer Sabika Anwar Khan. I will be uploading part two very soon, so make sure to keep an eye out for that. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Don't forget to rate and comment on whichever platform you're listening this episode on. You can also now become a patron and a supporter of the show by subscribing for as small as five pounds, or as I love saying, five dollars and fifty cent on Patreon. I will put all of the information of the artist and links in the description of the episode make sure to check that out but as of now i will leave you as i always do which is breathe in breathe out namasko which means now i must go that is copyrighted and i will sue until next time stay curious